Hi, I'm Angela East and welcome to another edition of the East Meets West podcast. This podcast is proudly focused on Western Australia, the engine room of the Australian economy. From the CEOs, company directors, brokers, entrepreneurs and everyone in between, East Meets West is a deep dive into what makes the greatest state on earth tick. On today's episode of the East Meets West podcast, I'm chatting with Darren Strello, Managing Director and CEO of Bellevue Gold, Western Australia's next gold producer, which is very close to the start of production at one of Australia's highest grade mines. In the past year, Bellevue's market value has rocketed, with the gold miner now boasting a market cap of over $1.5 billion, more than double what it was this time last year. This resulted in the company being added to the S&P ASX 200 index earlier this year. Darren took the top job at Bellevue in December 2021, coming over from another gold success story, Northern Star Resources where he spent 11 years helping grow the company into the multi-billion dollar miner it is today. In a previous episode, I talked about Western Australia's Yilgarn Creighton and the recent excitement around its lithium potential, but traditionally it is well recognised for its multiple major gold discoveries, especially in the state's prolific eastern goldfields, which plays host to over 200 million ounces across three belts. Darren joins me today to talk about Western Australian gold and Bellevue's success. Welcome, Darren. It's great to have you on the podcast. I appreciate the invite and always happy to fly the flag for the Western Australian gold industry. (laughs) That's great. Thanks, Darren. You've had an interesting career and amassed considerable experience in the Western Australian gold space. Tell us a bit about your time at Northern Star and what prompted your move over to Bellevue. Yeah, look, um, look, I have had a had a fantastic career. When I when I look back on it, I'm only twenty odd years in, so uh, hopefully uh, a long time to go. But um, you know, I was I was trained at the WA School of Mines in Kalgoorlie, so going into the gold industry was um, you know part and parcel of uh, of that back in back in those days. And um, I actually started. So my graduate job was at, at the Agnew Mine, um, what was mine called New Holland at the time. Um, which is about 40k south of Bellevue, uh, which we uh, flew over yesterday on my way home. So, um, you know, it's great to be back in, in that region as well. But yeah, look, as you said, I, I did spend over 11 years of my career at Northern Star. Um, started out as, you know, working at a mine called Paulson's um, up in Pilbara, which was Northern Star's first purchase when there was only, you know, Bill and a couple of, couple of other people uh, in the office of Northern Star. It was a pretty crummy old office uh, at the back of Belcatta. Um, and then, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to ride that wave, um, you know, ride that wave of growth for, you know, the next 11 years and um, got to do some fantastic things, you know, bought the Super Pit, um, bought Jundee, bought, um, you know, did the merger with Saracen and then was really proud to be a part of, of that growth story and creating a great business that, you know, most importantly, just working with really good people, really entrepreneurial people and, um, and being able to learn heaps from them. You attended the Denver Gold Forum recently. What was the sentiment like for Western Australian gold plays? Well, the sentiment's good. I think um, what we're seeing is, and it was mentioned even by the the CEO of Agnico Eagle, which are sort of new to the Australian scene. Um, they own Fosterville over over on the east coast, um, but um, you know they mentioned in their speech that they see Western Australia as one of the the number one. Uh, jurisdictions for mining worldwide, which was very interesting coming from them, considering they don't own any assets over here. Um, but look, it's a it's a great jurisdiction. Um, you know, it's consistently top three in the Fraser Index. Um, you know, we're showing that you know you can build a project here, you can get a project permitted, um, and you can um, and you can get it into production. You know, on time, on budget, which is uh, which is something pretty phenomenal anywhere around the world uh, at the moment as they sort of come to grips with you know new ESG. Um, requirements and 
um, you know, community concerns and all that sort of thing. But what we are in WA is a really strong mining state. We understand the the economic benefit. We understand the social benefits of mining as a key place in the economy. And look, there's there's certainly no place I'd rather be. Okay, so as the saying goes, room wasn't built in a day, and the same can be said for a mining operation, especially in Western Australia's remote outback. But Bellevue has done it more quickly than most. Talk us through how the company has managed to go from discovery hole to about to start production in just six years, especially during periods of COVID lockdowns and and gold price lows. Yeah, look, it's been a journey, that's for sure. Um, but look, the first thing that it comes down to is really the the quality of the ore body. You know, just to to have a high grade near surface underground mine discovered in you know the heart of the mining district is. Um, in this day and age is is quite phenomenal. It's interesting how the mine sort of slipped through the cracks of history where, you know, it was an operating mine in the 80s and 90s. They mined one load, but then they um, they shut down just due to you know, low gold price, um, you know, inability to find the extensions of the mine. Um, and then a nickel mine, so Cosmos, which was one of the, the premier nickel mines of the early 2000s, was discovered right next door to Bellevue and essentially on the same tenement packages. And so everyone just forgot about Bellevue and gold there and just focused on Cosmos and all Bellevue was was a water depository. So, you know, while you had mines like Agnew to the south or Jundee to the north producing 300,000 ounces per annum for 20 years, Bellevue just sat idle. Um, And, you know, getting into it now, you know, the the fact that we're able to open up multiple mining areas, um, you know, it's the same same width, same thicknesses, same grades as as what the old timers mined in that in the eighties and nineties. Um, you know, it's really you gotta pinch yourself sometimes because it's like we're we're starting, you know, premier, you know, Western Australian mine back in the nineties, you know, those days where you were just kicking off Canaanabelle underground, Plutonic underground, Jundee underground, um, and you know, Bellevue just 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 wasn't mined during that time. So it's almost like we've got a walk up start to to this fantastic ore body and um, and you know that's where you see you know, a typical mine from discovery through to production might take ten to fifteen years. Um, we've been able to do Bellevue in six just purely because of that quality of the underground deposit. Yeah, so Bellevue is targeting first production this quarter. How are you progressing with that? And when do you envisage the first gold pool? Still targeting. You know, we've said all along that, that we're targeting um, gold uh, pour this quarter, and um, pretty happy to see that we haven't slipped in that assessment. Um, in a long time. So we haven't had any delays in building our mill. If anything, it's coming in earlier. Um, you know, we picked GR Engineering as our um, EPC contractor and they've done a fantastic job, have an awesome team on site and, you know, a million tonne per annum cereal plant, which is what we're building, um, is, uh, you know, just stock standard for, for Crows and they've done, a, they've done a really, you know, solid job. Um, we've got the commissioning team up there now, so we've got a Bellevue operational team. We've got the the GR uh, commissioning team up there, and they're you know going through the plant systematically, starting to you know commission the crusher, turning the mill, um, you know getting all that that done, which is all really exciting for the crew on site, and you know still firmly on track for production this quarter, um, and it's looking like the first half of the quarter, not the second half, which is uh, which is fantastic. So the Bellevue Gold project is situated in the Agnew Waluna Greenstone Belt, host to some 40 million ounces of the state's gold resources. Tell us a bit about the geological history there and some of the discoveries in the region. Yeah, look, it's a it's a really fascinating part of the world, you know, in that Agnew Waluna Greenstone Belt, uh, in that it is host to some, you know, very well known, very uh, big gold endowments. So, 
You know, you've got Agnew to the south, which I've talked about. You go down to Leonora Way, uh, a bit further south. You've got the Gwali Mine. Uh, you know, we've got Darlow, we've got Bronzewing in the area, we've got Wolona and Jundee to the north. You know, these are all um, the majority of these deposits, you know, are ones that have attracted majors in the past. So, you know, Barrick's been there, Newmont's been there. Now we've got Goldshields and Northern Star just around us as, as our neighbours. And, um, you know, what it shows you is that you've got those, you know, deep um, mantle tapping crustal scale structures that you need for these big gold endowments. Um, and that's the same thing that, that we're seeing at Bellevue. You know, like if you Bellevue's a north south looking uh, or what you, if you look 40 kilometers south, if you see Agnew, which is also a north south, uh, um, you know, oriented all body. So, um, you know, it's, it's a good region to be in and, you know, really interesting. It's a, it's a massive mining district. So, right next to us, as I said, is Cosmos. So, IGO has that now and they're, um, you know, doing a big shaft and, and restarting that, that Cosmos mine. So there's a lot of activity there. Uh, and only 15 k's to the north of us is the Lion Towns Kathleen Valley deposit. Um, you know, it's going to be a, a world-class underground mining project there. So, you know, it's got three, you know, scale underground mining projects all within, you know, 15 kilometers of each other. Uh, and there's a lot of synergies to be had there as well. And we have a really good working relationship with uh, the IGO crew and the, the Lion I understand the Bellevue system remains open. What does this mean for growing the already large resource? And do you have an idea of how much you could add to the gold inventory through further exploration? Yeah, look, Steph, it's a, it's a really good question. And um, look, who knows is the answer. But you know, when you talk about those surrounding deposits of ours, these are all five to 10 million ounce systems. And you know, we've got 3.1 million ounce in our resource now. Um, that is enough for us to you know have a really big confidence in um, in you know, kicking off the project, um, starting production. You know, we, we've got to walk up, you know, 10-year mine life from the jump at, you know, that circa um, 200,000 ounce per annum run rate. And um, look, it's, it's a really solid place to start. But I think importantly, we've never really done any underground exploration. In fact, nobody has done any proper systematic underground exploration at Bellevue. Um, you know, Bellevue was discovered from surface drilling. It was primarily drilled out from surface drilling to define that underground mine plan. Um, and then the underground drilling that we've been doing, what we, we've been developing it, has been to you know, really focus on grade control um, and de-risking that mine plan. Uh, and that's been the real, the really big focus as we as we approach first gold. But once we get out of that that fulcrum um, where we have first gold, we're into cash flow. Then we can start turning the drawings outwards and start to test, you know, some known um, parallel structures. We can test the southerly plunge, the northerly plunge, we can test the depth and look to expand the resource that we had. So, look, there's certainly no lack of targets. Um, the priority has just been all about production, um, but we're we're right on the on that turning point now. So, I think exploration for Bellevue is going to be a big story uh, for the next 12 to 18 months. With the very high-grade nature of the Bellevue mine and the Australian dollar gold price continuing to strengthen, having hit a record of over 3,000 an ounce earlier this year, what sort of margins is Bellevue anticipating? Yeah, look, we're going to have really strong margins and, you know, it has been an environment where, you know, the gold price has gone up, but so has the cost base across the industry. Um, and I think generally in, in the industry now, what we're seeing is some of these, you know, cost escalations starting to level off. Um, the gold price, particularly in Australian dollars, are remaining high, um, and you know what that's going to do is increase margins across the sector and, and attract the investor dollar 
you know, not just back to a project like Bellevue, but but, a tr- but back to the entire, uh, you know, ASX gold sector, um, which is which is really good. You know, we've had a pretty tough time of inflation the last few years, um, where basically everything's gone up and the, the price of, of uh, you know, doing business has gone up significantly. Um, but I think what we're seeing in some of those those quarterly reports that are starting to come out is that's abating. So look, we're targeting first quartile all in sustaining costs. We've got high grade, so we're confident we're going to be able to achieve that, um, and it's going to create significant margins. Um, and look, it's going to come quick too. You know, the fact that we've you know we're underground, we've been mining for over three years now. We got all our um, capital infrastructure set up. We've got multiple mining areas from the jump. I imagine you wouldn't need any hedging in place in the the current environment, or are you still planning to hedge some ounces? We've built this mine uh, using debt, so uh, we have a two hundred million dollar debt facility with Macquarie. Um, so look, it's really prudent of us to hedge. You know, hedging um, is a is a risk mitigation, um, you know, technique, and you know. In recent years, you've seen hedge books come off, but that's you know people have been motivated to do that because the gold price has gone up, up, up. Um, I've certainly been around. I remember when I was at a mine um, ten or so years ago, twenty thirteen, and the gold price dropped about five hundred bucks uh, in two days. And you know certainly the hedges that we had in place then um, helped us out a lot. So you now we've got about thirteen percent of our uh, of our reserve hedged, and um, that's really just about you know, solidifying the ability to pay back uh, that um, that debt position that we have. So ESG in particular is an important focus across the mining sector in general, and Bellevue is quite proactive in this space. What are some of the initiatives the company is implementing to establish itself as a sustainable and diverse Western Australian producer? Yeah, look, um, look, ESG is a, is a huge topic and, um, you know, there, there's a lot of things that, that we can cover here, but um, from a from a carbon perspective, um, we actually have an industry-leading target of producing net zero product by 2026. Um, so why I think that's important is it's actually within the tenor of our current management team. So we have a plan in place to do it, and um, we're you know working through implementing that at the moment. Um, you know the big driver of that is a is a large renewable energy power station that we've um, commenced installment of, and um, we'll be. You know, will be built over the next sort of 12 to 15 months, um, which is going to consist of you know thermal power, batteries, wind, and solar, um, and then that's going to you know plus all of the you know, elimination and reduction um, initiatives um, that we're putting on site is going to put us on track for you know, producing a net zero gold product by by 2026, um, which is something that nobody else is doing. So it creates a bit of excitement uh, within Bellevue, but. Now, as I said, ESG is is lots of um, subjects. You know, as an underground mine, we have a, a very small surface footprint. Um, we have a you know a very modern native title agreement and cultural heritage management plan with that traditional owner group, wild people, and they're huge supporters of the project. Uh, we have um, and you know we have forty percent female participation across the company as well. You know, we focused on diversity as a competitive advantage too, and and it matched. It's some really you know strong metrics. Um, lead going into production despite hiring over 100 people in the last 12 months. Okay, so what sort of support is there from industry and government in Western Australia for establishing a more sustainable mining sector? Yeah, look, there, there's certainly a lot of support from a, from a high level in government, and you know it's it's surprising, you know, the the people that have been um, you know supportive of Bellevue and understand Bellevue um, as we've been building it. Um, 
know, that probably didn't flow through to the approvals piece. You know, we still had to had to go through the approvals property properly. There was no shortcuts there. Um, but look, there was nothing really out of the ordinary that we were doing. So, so that was fine. And um, and look, I think the a lot of the industry is now you know understanding what we're doing and sort of waiting and seeing um, some of the on some of the initiatives, particularly the the decarbonisation initiative that that we're doing because. You know, the rest of the industry has you know 2030 targets or beyond um, us having a 2026 target for net zero uh, and that ability to create a, a product a, you know a green product that we could potentially look at selling for a premium um, that I think is something that that the rest of the the industry will be really interested in and um, you know there'll be some fast followers if we if we do end up getting a, a premium there a big focus for the industry is attracting more women and Bellevue is doing a lot better than most with 40% of its workforce, as you mentioned, um, and over a third of its board being women. Western Australia has been particularly hard hit by a mining sort shortage. How do you, how did you navigate these labour shortage challenges to not only be able to secure the right people, but also encourage more women to join Bellevue? Look, it's a really good question and it's something that has taken a lot of you know, effort and focus um, over the past few years, to to try and maintain those high levels, as you know, as I said, we hired a lot of people, um, you know, full operational workforce, and we've been able to to maintain the uh, the female participation rate, you know, despite you know the the operational level being probably harder to recruit than others. But look, if you focus on something, um, you have a pl- proper plan. Uh, you can you can get there, and and that's what we've seen. You know, I think it can't be underestimated that. You know, we do have an you know an exciting new high grade underground project. Um, you know, we've done the little things like put in a you know spend a bit of extra money on our camp to to make the facilities better. Um, but you know, we've also focused on you know positive culture around the mine. So you know, we're doing culture training and we're doing that early in the pre production stages so that you know we're setting that strong base from the start and setting that that strong culture from the start. And um, and I think that that. Is a good attractor, and um, the other point probably is that that we're not just being tokenistic about it. Like we're not just hiring, you know, truck drivers as females and saying there you go. We are actually hiring, you know, experienced females in in high level positions. You know, for example, um, as you said, you know, a third of our board, um, we've got members in the executive management team. Our general manager on site is a female mining engineer, um, and we have superintendent level um, females. Uh, across each department on site, so you know we have that representation, and, and what we find is that you know recruitment almost becomes self-fulfilling because you're creating a, a positive workplace, a positive culture, an environment where people are showed that they can value and, and be given good roles, and um, they end up recruiting other people and, and bring them in, and, and whether that's female or, or other forms of diversity, um, it's all about finding those people that that fit the culture that we find and putting them into the right roles, empowering them and having a good project and you know, the rest is easy. That's great to hear, Darren, that you're very proactive in creating a diverse workforce and leading the way in attracting more female talent, especially at a time when the industry is facing skill shortages. I appreciate your time today. Pleasure. Thank you very much.